Cause we got the alternative energy nuclear free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Welcome to the Radioactive Show, brought to you by Bilbo and Jem. We'll be tuning into the very live radioactive waste debate on today's show, as well as speaking with Yankanjara woman Karina Lester, who travelled to Hiroshima, Japan, to speak about the impact of nuclear testing and the whole nuclear fuel chain on Aboriginal people at the World Nuclear Victims Forum. That's a little later in the show, but first up, let's tune into somewhere I'm sure the Radioactive Show has never tuned into before, and that is Hill End, near Sally's Flat an area that is suddenly in the spotlight for being one of six potential sites for the National Radioactive Waste Dump. On Friday the 13th of November, the six-site shortlist was released and includes three sites in South Australia, one in the Northern Territory, one in Queensland and one in New South Wales, which we're tuning into today. Since the announcement two weeks ago, the community around Sally's Flat have thrown themselves into organising against the dump. In the wake of the first round of government meetings, let's speak with Hillland local Jody Carter, followed by Nat Wosley of the Beyond Nuclear Initiative, who is supporting Hillenders in raising their concerns. I'm Jodie Carter from um, the community contact for the Central West known nuclear dump waste site, which is one of the proposed sites, one of six that the government's chosen from a desktop assessment, um, which is in Sally's Flat between Bathurst and Hill End. Now, the site itself has been declared as being in Sally's Flat on the, on the paperwork, but is actually within the locality of Hill End itself. Okay, so what is the area like around there? I, I understand that it's there's a bit of tourism um, at around at Hilland as a historical town. Is that right? That's correct. Um, Hilland's about 82 kilometres out of Bathurst. Um, it's a town with a long-standing history. It uh, used to be a gold mining town back in the 1800s. Now it basically survives on tourism dollars. The National Parks and Wildlife run it. Um, it's got a you know strong history with school children visiting out there to learn about colonial past and old times. How did you first find out about the nomination of Sally's Flat for a nuclear waste dump? Uh, I found out via social media from the Hilling New South Wales Facebook um, page and then I backed it up for verification and it was uh, via ABC News. Yeah, so right. That was the first I heard about it on the 13th of November. Oh, and, and you didn't hear anything about it before then? No. That was a total shock and a total surprise to all of us. What has the reaction been since then and what's the, what's the feeling in the community? Uh, the community is pretty angry by the proposal but um, probably have harnessed that by being proactive in, in doing things and we've been out putting up posters, um, messaging the Facebook group. Um, general message overall by the community was that everybody was against the waste dump and that was felt at the meeting today. Yeah, okay. And so can you yeah, can you tell us what the meeting was about today? Because I know you had another meeting in Hill End just last weekend. Yeah, that's correct. Um, basically, today's meeting was um, organised by 
the government. Um, they gave us two days' notice. It was supposed to be a one-on-one -on -one with each individual person who wanted to speak to them to submit a list of questions and have them answered. Problem being that the community felt that they were um, intimidated um, and that by having a public meeting, everyone was on the same page. So the meeting today was lengthy. It was about two hours long. Um, had a really good attendance because we really ramped it via social media because we had so little time. Mm. Um, at times the meeting was emotive um, because the trouble being that there's a lot of farmers out there that have super fine um, wool growing properties and a lot of businesses within Hilland itself. So um, very emotive and the stress of the last two weeks is starting to get to people too. Mm. But the committee is actually quite worried that the government downplayed the seriousness of the situation today. So people might be complacent, but we've still got a lot to do and there's still a lot of concern. So we've got to continue to keep going and not just accept that they say that it's safe when it clearly isn't. Mm. Jodie Carter, local representative of the No Central West Nuclear Waste Dump Committee. Yeah, have, have the government been open about the risks associated with long-term radioactive waste storage and, and also the transport? Have you been getting some good information from them or have you been needing to rely on other sources? We've relied on a lot of other sources. Like We're concerned it's a high accident area. It's very windy, hairpin turning sort of roads. Um, it's at the hill end itself on the way up, up is at a higher altitude, so it's very mountainous. The government certainly had some answers that they'd um, pre-prepared, but they also weren't prepared to answer certain things about bushfire risks. Um, they certainly could say that, that waste could sustain a jumbo jet crashing into it, but they couldn't answer the question about what the um, melting point of the glass would be that the waste would be contained in if mm. a bushfire went through or some other catastrophic event like that. They've been not... 100% transparent because they just can keep saying we know the waste is safe based on overseas assessments but then other people within the community were bringing up issues of the recent in the last month um, Nevada with its intermediate um, waste blow up in the desert from a lightning strike so mm. you know they didn't have answers about lightning strikes they didn't have answers about things and they wanted to get back to us fire um, their technical advisors. Did the people in the community have a chance to stand up and say your views and do you feel like they were actually listening when you were talking about your concerns with the waste dump? The government just decided to give their spiel and then they were interrupted and the community basically got anyone who wanted to say anything got a five-minute um, chance to speak um, to either give a statement or answer question, uh, ask questions. Um, the government, I think, were a little bit overwhelmed about, you know, how well prepared we came to it with very little notice. Mm. Um, and, you know, they are saying that it's only in the early stages and, you know, they've done their desktop assessment and, they, and they're in the technical assessment stage. Um, but, yeah, still a long way to go. Sounds like you've been doing a really good job at such short notice to, to pull everyone together at this really important time when... The government, I guess, is gauging the, re the reaction from communities at all of the six sites. So I'm, I'm guessing that the message they're getting loud and clear from the 
Hill End and Sally's Flat community is that it, that it's no and that it's highly contested. So yeah, great job on all of you for being organised so fast. Yeah, thanks yeah. very much, Jen. And we really appreciate um, everybody taking an interest. And you know, if anyone in the city wants to assist us, they can. They can go on the um, the Facebook No um, Central West nuclear waste dump page and on that page there's a change.org petition on there so they could sign that for us Um, and they can also lodge their opposition to it by going on to um, www.radioactivewaste.gov.au proposed site and they will find either an email link to send a um, opposing document to that or they can do snail mail to that, the address on there. Fantastic. And what are the next steps for you and for the community there at this point in time? Um, look, we've got a 120-day consultative period so we've only got until the 11th of March to do a submission process and they are saying that if the community oppose it, the submission might go ahead but it's a bit hard to believe them on that so, you know, we've just got to keep lodging these submissions to that address that I just mentioned and um, just hope that they get the message that we clearly don't want it out here. It's got more risk than it has benefit for the area and just really hope that they listen. We just spoke with Jodie Carter, local representative of the No Central West Nuclear Waste Dump Committee. Let's speak now with Natalie Wosley of the Beyond Nuclear Initiative, who also attended a recent meeting in Hill End between the community and the federal government representatives. Can you tell us where you're speaking from today and give a little bit of background as to how the nomination of Hill End for a radioactive dump site has come about? Well, I'm just on my way back from a meeting at Hill End at the town hall there, and um. The meeting was held because officials from the Commonwealth Department of Industry and Resources were there talking to the community how they feel that their site has been shortlisted as one of six for a national radioactive waste facility. People found out there when it was announced in the media. They didn't realise that the landholder in the area had actually nominated. Um, and the community held a public meeting last week to come together and discuss their concerns. And I was really lucky to be able to attend there. And then... While the department officials were in town this week, they said that basically we want to have another public meeting. We don't want you to just sit down one-on-one with landholders and pick people off and try and convince them this is okay. We really need to have a public meeting because we're all in this together. And there are very strong and clear sentiments from that meeting today. Yeah, fantastic. And can you tell me what is the site? Who, who owns it and what kind of country is it? It was nominated by an individual landholder um, who isn't that active on the property currently, but directly across the road, um, the Pominara Marino Stud Farm uh, grows, produces very, very high-quality wool and have actually won you know, awards from European fashion houses for the quality of their wool. And people in the area you know, also strive to achieve achieve that. There's a lot of wildlife corridors. Uh, Hill End itself, which is the closest little town to there, uh, is very famous town. It was you know, part of the gold rush. So it's a tourist town. A lot of the properties are owned by national parks currently um, and a lot of artists come and do residencies there. So there's many famous paintings that you may not know are from Hill End but actually are once you've seen them. Um, 
So it's, you know, it's a thriving little town, very close-knit community. It's on Wiradjuri land, and um, the local land council elders group are also very, very concerned that this may be going ahead. And, again, they only heard it first in the media. Mm, yeah, so if people have been finding out in the media, it's quite a serious thing to to find out suddenly that one of your neighbours has nominated their land for a waste dump. How do you think that kind of news impacts on communities and to hear it that way? It's very, very distressing for people. And also, you know, it's a way to inadvertently create rifts in the community because if it had been open and transparent from the point of nomination, people would have been able to talk about it properly and have the chance to express to the government they don't want to be on the shortlist. You know, once it's already reached this point, they feel like they're really being targeted because from 28 nominations, it's down to six. So they feel like, you know, there's a one in six chance it could end up being them and the odds are not very good. So people are very concerned. This process that the government is undertaking now of putting out the option to nominate land and then having a long list and then narrowing it down to a, to a short list, um, it seems like this more voluntary process is uh, taking place because of the last two decades trying to force waste dumps without community consent. And you've been, you've been watching and active in this debate for most of that time and how do you, how do you see this process unfolding in comparison? The call for nomination of sites was a small step forward, but we have to remember that Muckety was theoretically a nominated site as well, and that was highly contested because it was nominated by a land council on behalf of people. The government's been a little clearer this time that there has to be no contest over the land tenure, so one of the only criteria for nominating was that you had to be a landowner and be able to produce those documents to prove you are the landowner. Of course, this doesn't take into account traditional ownership or custodianship. And indeed, none of the shortlisted sites have native title claims or determinations or land rights over them. So I think the lesson the government learned is that they don't want to come up against an organised Aboriginal resistance. Uh, and the thing is, people, of course, have still very, very strong connection to the country and concern about sites in that area. So it's been a small step forward. But again, because the nominations weren't made public, you know, people are sceptical that there's a real willingness to include people and be fully open and transparent about it. So the timing is really interesting because the first shipment of reprocessed waste that originated at Lucas Heights is currently on its way back to Sydney. Do you think that that shipment returning is creating a sense of urgency to find a, a centralised site? I think there's an element that the shipment returning is, is creating urgency, but at the same time, there's no one jumping up and down and saying, get it out of Sydney. And that's really welcome as well, because you know, people in the Sutherland Shire area are right to be concerned that waste is returning, but really, there's a reactor operating there. So if there's, if there's concerns around waste, they need to be refocused to concerns around the production of that waste, which is the operations of the Lucas Heights nuclear reactor. So at the moment, uh, the, the Shire Council, the local environment group, trade unions, no one's jumping up and down and saying, get it out of Sydney. Everyone's saying, you've failed, federal government, for the last two decades with this top-down approach. Maybe it is time we just step back and take a breather and actually look at, at other options and a better process. Natalie Wosley from the Beyond Nuclear Initiative, who has been supporting communities to resist unwanted radioactive waste dumps for more than a decade. This is The Radioactive Show, produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast all across these stolen lands we call Australia on the Community Radio Network. Let's get back to it. So 
what are the next steps in the government's process? The officials today said there'll be another three rounds of consultation with each of the shortlisted affected communities. Um, they'll only come if the people want them to come and there was actually a mixed opinion about whether they should come back today because there was a clear sentiment that people don't want the waste dump to go ahead. At the same time, people are wanting to get clear, accurate information and even more than that, be able to ask questions directly to the government officials. So the, the community here was very prepared. They had four pages of type questions and said to the officials, if you can't answer these today, then we'd like these answers sent back to us because these are really important questions for our community. There's 120 days from when the shortlist was announced for pe people to make public comment. It opened on Friday the 13th and that public comment period sadly closes on the 11th of March 2016, which is the five-year commemoration of when the Fukushima accident happened. So it, the timing doesn't look very good on a calendar. Mm. Um, it is good that they've given people an extended period over the Christmas New Year because the, the last thing that people who are wanting to just spend time with family after the season, during wool production, all of that. The last thing people want to be doing over Christmas New Year is writing submissions about a nuclear waste dump. What would you suggest for a responsible process that the government could take for, for managing radioactive waste? Because it seems like so far of all of the six communities that have been nominated, there's pretty much all of them are making it known that they oppose a radioactive waste dump in their community. That's right. I'm not sure the word responsible can go with radioactive waste, just like safety can't go with the nuclear industry. But the first thing would be is to stop producing waste, especially because there is no long-term management that's been proven. Um, so in terms of Australia and the waste production, and that would be turning off from the source of the long-lived intermediate-level waste, and that's the Lucasite's nuclear reactor um, the first of waste management, I think, would be waste minimisation and reduction at source. From there, as you said, Jim, there has been strong resistance from all of the six sites, the communities surrounding them. Minister Frydenberg did actually say if the community opposed in all of the areas, they'd consider going back to the drawing board. And I think that that's a very important option for them to strongly considering because, again, this process has failed to shake out anything that's not contested. And so it's time to move away from looking at the individual areas and actually finally doing an inquiry to look at all options in a process that's acceptable to all stakeholders. Yeah, that's a well overdue inquiry and we'd love to see that happen. So how can people in the city um, support the communities that are standing up against radioactive waste and how can we stay connected and to what's happening, be informed? Well, firstly, it's open for people to make submissions to the public comment period. Uh, while the government's saying they're, they're honing in on affected people, um, you know, people that are concerned about transport of radioactive materials going thousands of kilometres, anyone that's engaged with this process over the last decade or more should really be putting these thoughts down and sending it in because... You know, again, it needs to be not just an isolated area that's been picked down to make submissions or to, to host this facility. It's something that the much broader public needs to be engaging in the conversation. That was Natalie Wosley of the Beyond Nuclear Initiative speaking about the impact so far on the community of Hill End having suddenly become known as one of the six potential sites for a radioactive waste dump. 
Let's tune in now to Karina Lester, a Yankunjara woman from South Australia, speaking to us from Tokyo. Karina, with her two daughters Larissa and Jessica, travelled to the World Nuclear Victims Forum in Hiroshima to present on Anagul nuclear victims to cultural survivors. Let's hear about it. My name's Karina Lester. Can you tell us a bit about what you're in Japan for, Karina? Um, I came to Japan to attend the World Nuclear Victims Forum that was held in Hiroshima um, over the weekend of the 21st through to the 23rd of November. And so I presented on the Saturday to talk about um, how Aboriginal people of South Australia have been victims of nuclear tests that were conducted by the... British government and the Australian government back in 1953. Fantastic. And I saw that your presentation was called Anangu Nuclear Victims to Cultural Survivors. That's a really powerful title. Can you tell us a little bit about what was in your presentation? Um, in the presentation, I really wanted to, um, again, remind people of um, Dad's story, so Yami Lester's story and how Totem One had impacted on him and his people of the Western Desert region and in particular Wallatina community, um, just to let them know that Aboriginal people were impacted by those tests and the fact that Dad had lost his sight as well. So every day the family are reminded by those tests because he's never seen us and he's never seen his grandchildren or his great-grandchildren um, and that's you know haunts us every day than knowing that he lost his sight from those tests in 1953 um, so I spoke a little bit about that but I also spoke um, strongly about the Yid campaign as well about how Nana Eileen Gumbawater Brown had led the campaign along with the other Gubbiridi Gungayuda women as well um, their fight against the federal government's proposal for a nuclear waste dump in South Australia back in 1998. And that struggle went on for six years until 2004. And then I also spoke about the South Australian Government um, Royal Commission into the nuclear fuel cycle as well. And um, to let them, the audience know that that's what we're faced with here in, in South Australia this year. Um, but also very recently before leaving the country on Friday the 13th, um, it was announced the six locations um, where there could be potential nuclear waste dump there in, um, in Australia. And of those six locations, three of them have been identified in South Australia. So that was kind of hot off the press, but very mm. concerning at the same time for you know, Aboriginal people, but um, the wider community as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really timely um, forum to be travelling to and speaking and so important to be amplifying your story and your family's story in light of, yeah, the South Australian Royal Commission and the current round of nominations. Do you think that now with these new processes, um, after having experienced the, the waste dump campaigns for the, the dump in South Australia, do you think that the government back at home is, is listening more to the experiences of Aboriginal people when it comes to nuclear issues? No, I think they really struggle to really understand how it's impacted on Aboriginal communities. They've said, the Commissioner said that he's not looking in the past, he's looking towards the future mm. um, and that's what the Royal Commission is about, collecting evidence and he's on a fact-finding mission to find out how this industry, you know, he's looking at the terms of reference um, 
and he'll, he'll look at everything from mining through to power generation and to waste issues along with reprocessing as well. So um, definitely not hearing. Mining is on Aboriginal country. Aboriginal people are impacted by that, um, but also the waste issue as well. Um, it's going to be huge. It impacts on everybody, on transport routes, all the way through to the location. And, of course, it's not going to be in Adelaide. It's not going to be at Parliament House. The nuclear waste will be stored somewhere in the outback of South Australia. Um, and that will involve whether it's native title lands or freehold lands, and they're Aboriginal lands. Karina Lester, anti-nuclear advocate from South Australia, in Japan for the World Nuclear Victims Forum. So there is also a really strong connection between Australia and Japan in the wake of the Fukushima disaster because it was Australian uranium um, in the reactors at the time they melted yeah. down. Was that yeah. Has that connection um, felt evident to you at this forum? Absolutely. We've definitely been discussing Fukushima and, you know, how people have been impacted by that and people have been relocated and, you know, people's lives have changed completely. So... Um, we have spoken briefly about that, but also I mentioned that that um, uranium obviously was was supplied by Australia. So it's it is it's definitely in the front thinking mm. of how that's impacted on the the wider community here in Japan. Mm. And what were some of the other um, issues discussed at the forum, and and how did it sort of wrap up? Was there some kind of summary or, or declaration at the end? Uh, there was a charter that was pulled together um, at the end um, where we got support and support was there for the victims of um, nuclear. So um, that's just recently been pulled together and distributed now to the guests um, who came and presented. So we had good international representation from um, people from India and American Indians who came and spoke about how um, this industry is impacting on their communities and also um, hearing from the past from delegates from um, Russia talking about Chernobyl um, and all of, um, you know, the, I guess the, the big picture from mining through to power plants through to waste and they were all on the agenda to um, sit down and discuss. I certainly took a lot away from the forum and it made me think about um, South Australia and what's happening in South Australia and what we need to do as Aboriginal people of South Australia and how we need to group together to um, be vocal and proactive against the federal government of those three locations in South Australia mm. but also of the Royal Commission that they are conducting because finally there'll be a report on the table of uh, Premier of South Australia Jay Weatherall's death by May 2016. This is a radioactive show produced on the land of the Kulin Nations at 3CR Radio Fitzroy and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. You've heard from Karina Lester, Jodie Carter and Natalie Wosley on this week's show. Check the Radioactive Show Facebook page for details on their campaigns or email us at radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. Today's music is Windredine, A Battle of a Rudgery Warrior by Bob Campbell and Clay Pan's Mix by Red Sand Culture. This show is brought to you by Bilbo and Jem. Our support goes out to all those communities facing an unwanted radioactive waste dump. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe.